0: Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Uh, we kicked off a series come on last week called Selfless. And uh, uh, if you weren't here you can always go online and listen to that series uh, the first message of that series but but here's the thing is is, is just to kind of give you an idea of what it is is that we make new year's resolutions a lot of people make New Year's resolutions and what we do is we look back at what we need to change in our lives you know we think about come on I need to eat healthier I need to work out more I need to save more money I need to read more books like I always it's something that I need to change to become a better person but but the thought of this series Series is is what if we just did one thing, not to make ourselves better, to but to make others better? What if we did one thing and we said, you know what? This year I'm resolving to help somebody else around me. I'm I'm resolving to make my community better. I'm resolving to do something for my neighbor. I'm resolving that this this is what my resolution is. And so what if what if we just started doing that on a regular basis? I believe this that God has called us to be a light in the darkness, a city set on a hill uh, that cannot be hidden. We are we are the salt of the earth, and when we begin to do what God has called us to do as a church. when we walk out these doors and we're not just coming to church, but we are actually being the church when we walk out these doors, I believe that God can use us to do great things. I I believe that sometimes we pray for revival and God's calling you to be the revival. God's calling you to be a light in that darkness. And and so last week I talked about one of the greatest ways we can make a difference in other people's lives is we can be bold in our faith. We can share our faith. We can tell others about Jesus, and that brings me to message two. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 11. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 11. If you don't have it, that's okay. We'll have it up here on the screens for you. It says this, Yes, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Generous Always. Generous Always. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. And then come to hear a word from me, they've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, use me to speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. You know, here's the thing is, he says, uh, you you can always be generous. So I just want everybody just to take a deep breath. Some of y'all are like, oh, here's the preacher talking about money again. (laughs) Honey, get your purse. Okay, it's okay. Just relax. Because if you can be generous always, that must mean that it's more than money. Because I don't know very many people that can go around throwing hundos out the window. And if you're in this church and you can do that, thank God. God sent you here. Amen? Because the truth is, if you can be generous always, that must mean that it's more than just what we think. And I'll go a little bit farther to say, if the first thing that you say when money is mentioned in church, or the first thing that you think is you grab your wallet, then maybe money has your heart more than God. Ouch. Just leave that. Because everything I got is God everything. I don't own anything. It's all God's anyway. He gave me the ability to earn so guess what? It's all God's. Amen. Nothing's off limits. So, so here's the thing. We, we can be generous always. And if we would become generous, if we made a resolution to be generous always on every occasion, if we just made a, a, i I'm looking for ways to be generous to other people. I'm looking for ways to, to give back to other people. I'm looking for ways. It's not that you, you can have stuff. That's good. You just don't want stuff to have you, right? So you just be generous always. You know, uh, when my kids were about four and five years old, uh, we, we were getting ready to do a car ride and, and my kids don't do well in the car. They didn't do well in the car when they were kids. And, uh, and so we, but we found out a solution to this problem is we just gave them cookies. Bad parenting, good parenting, I don't know which one it is, but big old chocolate chip cookies in each hand, and they were one for each of them, and it made car rides a lot better, and so we were sitting there, we got them situated, we got them in their car seats, we gave them each a cookie, we get in the car, and we're headed down the road, and everything is going good, my daughter, Braylee goes to work on her cookie. And I mean she has this thing I think before we get out of the neighborhood She's got this thing eaten already Like she has devoured this cookie And I look in my rearview mirror And my son doesn't do anything fast He's pretty chill He's pretty laid back And so he's taking like one bite of this cookie And I'm watching the scene unfold And my daughter is done with hers And she's looking at empty hands Covered in chocolate Come on And she looks over and sees that my son has barely begun. And what happens next uh, shocks me because she goes, hey, bub, which they call each other bub. She said, hey, bub, can I have your cookie? (laughs) And here's what was shocking. See, what she did didn't shock me. What happened next shocked me because my son willingly handed The cookie to his sister. The reason why that's shocking is, is because we are not naturally generous people. There's not a whole lot of just naturally generous people out there. Come on, we always think about ourselves. We think, come on, the, the, one of the first things that a kid learns to say is mine, right? It's not hard. It's not something that you have to teach them. So we're not naturally generous people. We are naturally selfish. In fact, science will tell you this. It, it actually, they did a study and they have proven what I've known for many years, they could have saved their money, is that people are selfish. But we're not all equally selfish. All right, guys. We're not equally selfish because men are more selfish than women. Shocking, I know. Shocking, I know. I know. In fact, studies show this, that men actually get a rush out of being selfish. While women on the other extreme get a dopamine rush out of being generous. Out of helping people, out of taking care of someone's need, women get, get a rush out of that. They get excited about that because, and here's the deal, is that guys, if you're muscly in here, this will just tell you this, let me just tell you, if you're muscled up, you, you're, you're in good shape, you are more selfish than most. That's what science says. So all you heavy guys out there, keep it up. But here's the deal. Now, women, I know you're probably feeling pretty good about yourself right now. There's one area where women are equally selfish to men, and that's with chocolate. When it comes to chocolate, most women would take the bigger piece of chocolate and leave the smaller one for whoever was coming after them. This would happen over and over and over again we're naturally selfish. Come on. How many in here you say, I like the window seat on an airplane? Just lift your hand. I'm the window seat person. How many, come on, aisle seat people you like to, because I like to get up and go to the bathroom. and I don't want anybody to tell me I can and I can't go to the bathroom. How, how many middle seat people? Any middle seat? No, I don't think so. <laughs> if you're, if you sit on the aisle seat, I mean, if you sit in the window seat, let me just tell you, you are the most selfish people in the room. <laughs> Science says you're the most selfish people in the room. It's just the way it is. I don't know what to tell you. If you're aisle, if you sit in the aisle, then you are the second most selfish people in the room, and nobody picks the middle, so it's okay. Uh, You're all selfish. That's the whole point of this, is that we are all selfish people, right? We, We think about ourselves, and we think about how we can take care of ourselves, and here's the thing is that society tells us this. Society says, indulge yourself, take care of yourself, worry about yourself. Don't worry about anybody else's needs. Just worry about your own needs. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Just take care of yourself. This is what society teaches. But if, you, if you're not a Christian in this place, it's okay. You could just listen and in. But if you are a Christian in this place, Jesus completes, uh, t- uh, taught something completely different. He taught something completely different. He didn't preach, just take care of yourself right? He didn't preach, just indulge yourself. It's all about you. Don't worry about anybody else. Jesus preached something completely, uh, completely different. In Matthew 16, 24, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says this, if anyone desires to come after me, if anyone desires to be my disciple, if anybody wants to be a follower of Jesus, then here's the deal. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Jesus preached something completely different. It's not about you and what you want. It's about others and what others need. And when we begin to live a life that focuses on other people around us and the needs of other people around us, then God can do something great. It's amazing what God can do when we just say, God, there's nothing off limits. I'm going to deny myself. That doesn't mean that I can't have nice things. That's totally fine. It's just saying, you know what, God, nothing's off limits to you. And if you want to use me in whatever way that you can, I can be generous always. I deny myself on a regular basis. I take up my cross and I follow you. See, here's the thing is Christians should have a different mentality about generosity. Christians should have a different mentality about generosity than culture. Culture will always tell us. And and, and the thing is, is that we start out selfish and then as we move along and everything keeps going, then now, then all of a sudden we become selfish, but then we get some different mindsets that, that make generosity harder. A few, of those, a few of those mindsets that make generosity harder is the, the first one. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first one is a I'm broke mindset. I'm broke. I got nothing. Come on, I came into this world with nothing, and I still got the most of it. Come on, I used to listen to John Conley. Any John Connolly fans out there? He's got a song out there called Busted. My bills are all due, and the baby needs shoes, but I'm busted. <laughs> what you, what's he saying? I'm broke. I ain't got any money. I've got nothing to offer. We get this mindset of I'm broke. I, I don't have enough money. Uh, the, 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 my, this mindset is described so well in Haggai 1.6. six. Says this: You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. We all know those people. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets with holes. I'm broke. I've got nothing. If I can't be generous to other people because there's not enough for me, I, I'm I, I'm not making it. I'm bare, I, there's no there's always more month than there is money. I'm living just barely eking by because I have this broke mindset a Gallup poll did a nationwide survey I'm curious to see what people thought of how much money would you have to make to be considered wealthy how much money would you have to make to be to consider yourself rich the number one answer was if you make hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year you are rich that was the number one answer $150,000, some of y'all are like, yeah, that's good, I like that, yeah. hundred fifty. dollars yeah, I'd be consider myself rich. Here's the deal, is that people that made thirty dollars to $35,000 a year said that you would only have to make $75,000 a year to be rich. That's all you'd have to make to consider yourself rich. Now, the people that subscribe to Money Magazine, I don't even know, I didn't even know there was a Money Magazine, but <laughs> apparently there's people out there that don't just make money, they want to read about money. And uh, so the people that, that uh, subscribed to Money Magazine said this, completely opposite of everybody else. They said, you would have to have $5 million in your bank account. Five mil- it doesn't matter what you make. Until you have $5 million of liquid assets in your bank account, you are not rich. Here's the thing, is that when asking those people, none of them considered themselves wealthy. None of them consider themselves to have a lot of money because when you're rich, you don't feel rich. When you think you, when you've got plenty, you don't feel like you've got plenty, right? Because, and the reason why is because you end up with an I'm broke mindset. The people that subscribe to money magazine, just like the people that made 30 to $35,000 looked at everybody else and said, you have plenty, but I have none. And it's all, we all know somebody who's rich, but we're not rich. Here's the reality. If you make $33,000 combined household income a year, $33,000 of combined household income, you are in the top 1% of the world. You're in the top 1% of everything. Of wage earners in the world that means there are millions of people that would look at you and say you're rich you've got a lot of i would love to have your problems i would love to have your issues why here's the thing is that we get this mindset of i'm broke i don't have enough there's not enough to go around and so therefore we end up living our lives saying i can't be generous to others because i just have enough for me The second mentality that gets us is this is that we have a barely enough mindset. Come on, a barely enough mindset. How are you doing? I'm just making ends meet. I'm just living paycheck to paycheck, man. I've got just enough to get by and it, everything's going good, but I'm certainly not living my life in a surplus. I'm not living my life with plenty left over at the end of the month. I, I, I live in a barely enough mindset. There's a culture in Southwest Mexico uh, that this, this barely enough mindset is so ingrained in their culture that they literally will not teach people how to do anything. If you come up and you ask somebody, how do you bake bread, they will not teach you. And the reason why is because they think that if I teach you how to do something that I know how to do, I'm giving away my knowledge and therefore I will become less intelligent. They won't wish anybody well. Hey, have a good day. Not going to happen in this culture. The reason why is because they feel like when I'm generous and I say, have a nice day, I'm giving away my joy and my happiness, and therefore I will become less happy. See, it's a mindset of there's barely enough for me, and I'm just getting by with what I have, and there's just enough for me, and this mindset has so ingrained in their culture that they won't tell anybody anything, they won't teach anybody anything, and some of you are going, well, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. That's silly, but there's people in America today that live with the exact same mindset that there's barely enough for me, and the truth is, is that you've got storage buildings full of stuff. You've got garages so packed, you can't even park a car in them. Huh? You've got you've got stuff overflowing and you're looking around and going there's barely enough. How many of you've ever most of us have had to deal with a loved one when they passed away. We go over and we look at all their stuff. And you got to deal with it. My mom always goes, I feel sorry for y'all. <laughs> She's not doing anything about it. She's still accumulating, but I feel sorry for y'all whenever I go to be with Jesus, right? And what she's saying is, is I've got stuff. Here's the deal is how much furniture can you sit on? How many dishes can you eat on? How much stuff can pile up and you don't even know what's in there? And the truth is, come on, I was looking, come on, everybody knows about that drawer. You know what I'm talking about? The drawer that nobody goes near, nobody touches, like don't go in there. Because we don't know what's in there. We lost little Johnny in there a couple of years ago. The drawer. I was going through this drawer the other day and I found an old iPhone. Here's the deal. Is I upgraded my phone and I held on to my old one. Because you never know. Now it's no good to anybody. But if I would have been generous... And said, taking it somewhere and said, hey, give it to somebody. Hey, guys, put it on Facebook. I got this phone just sitting in a drawer if anybody needs it. What? But I have a barely enough mindset and I got to hold on to what I get because if I don't, then I won't have enough for tomorrow. We live with a barely enough mindset. We refuse to be generous because there's just barely enough for me. This is good preaching. I know it's good preaching. barely enough. Y'all come back for second service, please. Help me out. But God wants to move us to something different. He wants to move us from an I'm broke mindset. He wants to move you from a, a barely enough mindset. And he wants to take you to a biblical mindset. He wants to put you into a biblical mindset. And here's the thing is when you get a biblical mindset, you understand that there is plenty to go around. That God can supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. See, you're moving into a different mindset and you're saying, God, I know this, that man's not my supplier. God, you're my supplier. God, God man doesn't take care of me. My job doesn't take care of me. God, you take care of me. I know that you've got this. The Bible says this, that you own a, a, the cattle on a thousand hills. God, I need you to sell some of them cows and send it my way because I've got some stuff coming up. Here's the deal is that it changes your mindset and you begin to understand see whenever I live in a where I'm generous to other people and I understand that there is more than enough that God has blessed me and God has taken care of me up to this point and I begin to change it's not that I'm wealthy but I know that God has taken care of me up to this point and he's never failed me and he won't stop now now all of a sudden my mindset begins to change because I understand that God is good and he's good all the time it's a biblical mindset Biblical mindset knows this, that if I give and I'm generous to other people, if, when I'm generous, then he'll be generous back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Well, what is pressed down, shaken together, and running over? I always tell people, think skinny jeans after Thanksgiving. Come on, it's pressed down, shaken together, and it's running over. There's more out than in. Come on. That's, that's what God wants to do for you. Press it down. Shake it together. Come on. (laughs) When I give my time, God blesses my time. Huh? When I give my talent, God blesses my talent. When I give my resources, God blesses my resources. See, I cannot outgive God. I have a biblical mindset and I know that God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. So, here's the thing is that when you get a biblical mindset, you understand something and I want you uh, the first thing is is that you understand that you are inviting God into your finances. When you get a biblical mindset, you're inviting God into your finances. You're saying, God, nothing's off limits. If you want me to be generous, I'll be generous always. And over and over, there's over 2000 scriptures in the Bible telling you to be generous. In Malachi 3.10, it says this, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be uh, enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord, come on, if you do, not you have to, but if you do, The Lord of heaven's army says this, I will open the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. God is saying this, I dare you to invite me into your finances. I dare you to see what I'll do. If you'll just be, if you'll say, I'm just going to be generous and I'm just going to bring my money and I'm going to be generous to people around me and I'm going to take care of the people that you bring into my life, God, I'm going to be generous. I dare you to do it and see that I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. How many of you have ever been invited to like a wedding or a birthday party? Come on, you've been invited. I had an awkward moment uh, uh, several months ago and I was invited to a birthday party And uh, I knew it was coming up and I was talking to a mutual friend, the birthday boy and and my and we're mutual friends. And I walked up to this guy and I said, Hey, you coming to the party? And he goes, What party? I was like, Come on, you know, so and so's party. Crickets. I wasn't invited to the party. And I was like, okay, this is awkward. <laughs> Apparently, we're not friends on the same level. So here's the deal. You cannot go what you're not, to, to what you're not invited to. And there are a lot of people out there, and you're waiting on God to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing... On you, so much that you can't receive it. We grab a hold of that, and God's saying this: I'm not, you're not waiting on me, I'm waiting on you just to open the door and invite me in. Just creak the door open a little bit. See, I'm not asking for much, but I'm asking you to open the door a little bit and say, God, you're welcome into my finances. I'm inviting you into my finances. I'm not just inviting you into my heart. I'm inviting you to every area of my life. There's nothing off limits. And when I open the door to God and say, God, you're welcome, whatever you need, whatever whatever I can do for you, if I can be a blessing to somebody else, God, you're welcome in. He says this, now I can open the windows of heaven and I can pour out a blessing so much that you can't receive it. invite God into our finances. Another thing a biblical mindset does is that we understand this, that when we're generous, we are connecting ourselves to something so much bigger than you. You're connecting yourself to something so much bigger than you. When you're generous, you're connecting to something so much bigger than you. There was a woman uh, who had... Served the key, the queen of this country for a lot of years. In fact, it was one of those that she was. Uh, as soon as she came of age, she was able to go in and start serving this queen, and uh, she did so for year after year after year after year. In fact, so long that she finally got to the age to where she could not uh, perform her duties anymore. She had been a faithful servant to this queen, and so the queen honored her with a big celebration. And in this celebration, she gave her a plaque and honored her and said, thank you so much for all your years of faithful service. The woman took it home. The sad part was is that she had never learned to read. So she appreciated the plaque. She went home, came from the queen, right? It's awesome. Hung it over her bed. The lady fell on hard times. And pretty soon she had run out of money. She didn't have enough. She thought she had saved enough for retirement, but she hadn't. And so she had run out completely out of money. And she began to starve to death. Some friends were worried about her. And so they called a doctor. The doctor came over to check on her. And she was laying there in bed in a weakened state. The doctor said, you you are malnourished. If you don't start eating, you're going to be in bad shape. Uh, You will die soon if you don't start eating. The woman said, I don't have enough money. I don't have anything. I, I, I don't have enough to go around. I can't, I can't get food. And that's when the doc, doctor noticed the plaque hanging over the woman's bed. And what she couldn't read is the words that said, for all the years of faithful service, this woman's needs will be met for the rest of her life. See, what she didn't realize is that she had given to something so much bigger than her and because she had given and because she had served and because she was faithful for so many years, come on, she was connected to something so much bigger than her. She had connected herself to a kingdom that did not have lack, that did not have need, that it could supply all of her needs, whatever she needed, that she did not have to live this way. And here's the deal, is God saying, I'm inviting you to attach yourself to a kingdom that streets are paved with gold. I'm inviting you to attach yourself to something so much bigger, bigger than you can ever imagine. And when you attach yourself to that, there is no lack, there is no need. Come on, does that mean that I'm never gonna have any issues? No, it just means that I'm attached to something bigger and I know this, that I live my life by faith and not by sight. I'm attached to something bigger. The other thing, when we, we attach to something bigger than ourselves, we understand that it's not just about me, it's about others. I grew up in church, and uh, my parents raised me in an old Assemblies of God church in Graham, Texas, and um, I, I, I remember this, that uh, we used to have what we called specials, and uh, for all you non-church people, they didn't grow up in church what a special was come on you'd bring in uh uh, somebody would bring in a tape and and they would sing during the offering they'd sing a special they'd put the tape on come on there was a side a there was a side where's all my church people at side a side b come on different keys whatever i'm feeling i'm feeling pretty spry go ahead and flip it over and let's get this thing right and uh and this, this happened all the time. Every service, there was always a special song. That's just what happened. It was, it was a special song, special music. And my sister used to uh, sing specials. I never did, but she, she used to sing specials. And, uh, and, and one of the, the, the hits at the Graham Assemblies of God was a song called Thank You. Thank you. <laughs> my, wife, my, my mom even knew it before I even said it. Thank you. Now, here's the deal is, is that uh, thank you is, is one of these songs. I think it went all over the world, but, it, but just to kind of give you a little bit of a hint of what it, it, it would say this Thank you for giving to the Lord, because I am a life that was changed. Thank you, right? Here is the deal super cheesy song. With a super powerful message. What it is, what it was saying was, is that there are people out there that when you connect yourself to the kingdom of God, you might not even know that you're making a difference in their life but you're connected to something so much bigger and it stops being about me and it starts being about others. And I honestly believe that there's gonna be a time when you get to heaven and, and you're gonna, people are gonna walk up to you and say, thank you for giving to the Lord. And you're gonna say, what are you talking about? You put a roof over my head. You pulled me off the street and you put me in a bed. What are you talking about? You gave to one church and they built an orphanage and somebody came and they preached the gospel to me. And I, my life has ever been changed because you were generous. See, here's the thing is when we are generous, we're connecting ourselves to something so much bigger. Thank you. Thank you for preaching the gospel to me. i never preached the gospel a day in my life. What are you talking about? You waved at me in a parking lot as I was coming into church. And I came into an atmosphere where I encountered Jesus. My life has never been the same, but I would have never walked through those doors if you wouldn't have waved. Thank you for giving to the Lord. See, when we're generous to others, we're connecting ourselves to something so much bigger than ourselves. Matthew 25, 34 through 40, I gotta read this. Jesus is talking, he says this, then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed on my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous people, what are you talking about, God? What are you talking about? I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. When did I see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did I see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? When did I see you sick or in prison and come to you? And I love this because you're connected to something so much bigger. When you're generous to God, you're connected to something so much bigger than yourself. And God says this, and the king will answer and say to, you, to, to them, Assuredly, I say to you, in as much as you did to the one of the least of these, you did it also to me. When I'm generous to others, I'm not being generous to others, I'm being generous to God. And I'm saying, God, I believe this, that when I give, you can can take whatever I give and I know that you can make a huge difference. And God, when I give to your kingdom, God, I'm praying this, that when I give, that somebody else might hear the gospel. God, I pray that when I give, that somebody else is gonna be clothed. God, I pray that when I give, some homeless person is gonna be visited. God, I pray that when I give, there's gonna be a difference made, not just in our communities, but around the world because I'm connecting myself to something so much bigger. God, when I buy somebody Starbucks, it could be exactly what they need to know that God loves them. See, when you're generous to others, you're connecting yourself to something so much bigger than yourself. So on every occasion, in all seasons, we can be generous always. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, we just thank you right now, God, that we can be generous always. God, right now, Lord, I pray for the people that have an unbroke mindset or a barely enough mindset. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you begin to change over 2019, that you'll begin to change our mindset to a biblical mindset. God, that we could be generous on every occasion. God, that we could be generous to the people around us. God, that we could be generous to our neighbors. That we could be generous to the people in in the store. God, that we could be generous. Lord, that we would be so open and so, so willing to share anything that we have. God, help us not to be a selfish people, but help us to be a generous people. Lord, I pray right now for your blessings upon your people. Lord, for every person in here, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're giving them opportunities to be generous. God, as they walk out these doors, that they won't just go to church, but they'll be the church. And Lord, use whatever we give to make a difference in the people and the lives around the world. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, maybe you're in this place and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior you've never asked him into your heart to be the Lord of your life can I tell you that the gospel is all about generosity in fact most of us know this passage of scripture John 3 16 for God so loved the world that he gave see he gave first so that you could have a relationship with him not religion but a relationship not a list of do's and don'ts, but a list—just uh, just an just a open relationship where you can come in, say, "God, I need you. I need you in my life." Maybe you're here in this place. You say, "Brian, I've prayed that prayer and I've asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life, but I'm not living like it." Today, I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I want to come back into relationship with Him. Walked away. I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't call you forward. Every head bows, every is still closed. You say, Brian, that's me. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up on the count of three. We're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. And I believe this, when you pray this prayer, if you believe it in your heart, your life will never be the same. Brian, I need Jesus in my life for the first time, one. Brian, today I want to rededicate my life to Jesus, too. Brian, will you pray with me? Three, just slip your hand up and put it right back down. loves you, friend. He loves you. Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin. And by your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, give it up for every person that prayed that prayer today. One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you chose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Him today, then you can text DECIDED to 33733 so we can celebrate with you. Thanks for listening and have a great week.